As a young child, my parents came into Pentecost. Uh, I will, I'm heading toward 50 years of age now, just a short time. And we've talked about revival and move of God and reaching the world. We're still struggling. Maybe you have. I didn't know it if you had. Amen. But something has got to happen to us. We don't have to change anything we believe. We dare not change it. It's brought us thus far. I'm sold on it. There's a world that needs a Holy Ghost revival. And there's a church that needs a Holy Ghost revival within the church. Hallelujah. So if God's taken this time to uh, maybe not cause us to run the aisle so much in this convention, but if we leave here and begin to do something for the cause of God, then it will be worth the time. And you can shout at another convention or shout when you get home the weekend. But, oh, God, do something to us, in us, that we may affect somebody around us. Because that's what it depends on. Amen. Again, thank you, Brother Haney, Brother Watts, Sunday School Board, uh, Brother Price, your great superintendent, man that I've loved, respected, admired uh, for all the years that I have known him, uh, all the years that I have come to your district and watch the uh, unity and, and the beauty of the Spirit. But, oh God, give us a greater unity than we've ever had before. Pull my glasses off. I'm tired of seeing some cold stares. So now I don't know what a one of you is doing. Wouldn't it be great tonight if we could all lay all of our little petty differences aside for one service? By the response, it's not going to happen. I got it a little earlier tonight, so I'm going to talk a little earlier and not preach quite as long. Uh, so, some of you didn't like uh, the way the choir sang. I mean, that wasn't your style. Uh, you know, I have been in this a while. I do pastor people. I have some folks that... Uh, uh, the, the slower you get it, the draggier you get it, the more spiritual they get. I've got some, if you get it in amazing grace, they lose their spirituality. But you kick it in the key of G, speed it up three times, and they'll tear the house down. How great it would be if both sides could get together for one time just to magnify the Lord. There's some of you tonight just waiting to say, uh, man, I want you to just uh, get with it. And boy, if you do, hallelujah, man, I've just uh, got the itch and I'm ready to scratch. Amen. Some of you are saying, if he preaches like he did some of them other conventions, I didn't get nothing out of it then. I ain't going to get nothing out of it now. 
I'm just going to sit here and look at him and stare. And some of you are saying, if he'll preach and make me cry again, boy, that's what I like. Some of you said, if he'll let me shout, that's what I like. Wouldn't it be great if for one service, though, that we could lay all of our wants and our likes and our dislikes aside and say whatever the will of the Holy Ghost would be for the next hour or so, so be it. So be it, Holy Ghost, so be it. Amen. And, uh, uh, oh God, we need a oneness. We need a oneness. I'm trying to build up to what I'm going to preach about tonight. I dare not wait off into it yet. Amen. But wouldn't it be great if uh, everybody would smile while the preacher was preaching and, and everybody would pull together and say, Hey, it could be that somebody is in this building tonight that needs an answer from God. Uh, and it could be that that person, if touched, would leave this place and become a flaming evangel for God that would shake a world. Maybe somewhere there sits one person who the destiny of this entire service depends on whether we get the gospel to that individual and the course of their life is changed enough that God could pick them up. I'd hate to be the sour puss that sat here in a service and rebel against the move of the Holy Ghost. I'd want it to be said if I wasn't able to do nothing else that I blended together one mind, one accord, that the will of the Holy Ghost could be done. Amen. I'm going to preach in a little bit. In the Old Testament, God saw fit to list the twelve tribes. Judah was always first. I forget the second one. Ephraim was third. Judah was first. God said that's the way it's going to be. Ephraim, it's no sense in you getting upset. You're not going to be first. You're always going to be third. Well, I'm glad some of you don't have songbooks. But there was one of them that had to be last. God said, Dan, you're always going to be last. That's it. Judah's going to be first. Judah goes into battle first. Judah leads first. Judah's always first. Judah, first. When you camp, three on the north, three on the south, three on the east, three on the west. Judah is first, right here. Dan, you're last. But it's an amazing thing that somewhere when you get in the book of Revelation, Dan... Is not there. You better be careful with your attitude and whatever small part you have to play. You may not get to be Judah. You may only get to be Dan that brings up the last part. God said, Dan, all I want you to do, you don't even have to go in battle first. Judah is going to go in singing praises to God. Dan's going to finally come in and just say, Hosanna, victory has been wrought. And that's all God wanted Dan to do. 
But Dan got disgusted and couldn't do that. I ask you tonight, there's only one preacher going to be preaching tonight, and unfortunately that happens to be me. You may not be preaching, but you may be playing just one small part. It may not be but two amens that God's really requiring out of you tonight, but be sure you give both of them. God may not want but one hand raised out of you out of an hour sermon, but be sure that at that time and at that purpose, when you do it, you do it with everything you got in it. It may be necessary to the cause of God. And if we get it together here within the next 30 minutes, in one mind and one accord, there is no telling what the Holy Ghost would do in this place. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. I feel the Holy Ghost wanting to move around here. Amen. Wouldn't it be great if somebody was healed while I was preaching? Wouldn't it be great if somebody received the Holy Ghost while I was preaching? Wouldn't it be great if somebody was delivered? And it could be if one mind and one accord happened in this building. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen. Oh God. We need such a move. Now before you misunderstand me, when I say we need a move, don't read into that anything except what I said. Somebody said, he's wanting everybody to shout. That's not what I said. I said, we just need a move. He'll decide what kind of move. But I tell you what, be careful you don't offend God. He has been offended before. Oh no. Oh yeah. Your response to God's determines what he does next. Well, that's another sermon, another time, another place. Amen. And uh, it looked like you're not interested in that one, so we'll go to this one. Amen. Again, let me say thank you for allowing me to come and be here with you at this time and this hour. Uh, I do... I want to clarify one thing last night. I think there was a real misunderstanding in something I did say last night. And uh, I uh, simply because the way I have preached the last two nights, I've made myself very open and very vulnerable. And very few of us like to do that. And I was probably misunderstood uh, when I referred to one of my daughters last night. And uh, I, I did not mean to leave the impression if I did that she had gotten out of the church or she'd backslid or cut her hair or run off. She hadn't done nothing like that. I'm just simply trying to get across to you the point. She was making a decision in life that I felt would destroy her eventually. And rather than just throwing to fate. No. 
I'm going to stand and pump that heart and hold on. And my part is, and I had, I had preacher's kids to come to me crying last night. And saying, I almost lost my soul. Simply because nobody really cared whether I made it or not. Oh God, we need a revival within our churches. And I think this congregation feels the heartbeat of this preacher tonight. We need a revival not only to reach that world, we need a revival in our own sanctuary to reach our own. And if we could have revival in our own sanctuary, it would cause a revival to break loose into the world that's out there. Glory. I want to endeavor tonight to, to deliver the Word of God. I have not been visible the last few days at this convention simply because I have tried to stay and seek the will of God uh, because I wanted to preach to a need. Every sermon I've preached include this one tonight. I never preached before till I came to the pulpit these three nights. So maybe God was trying to speak to a certain need and a certain cry from the heart of a congregation. Or maybe God's just trying to get through to all of us more than just one or two of us. But I am so hungry to see us break beyond the facade and plastic that we got it all put together. We've got all the answers. We've got it all worked out when among us they're dying lost in our own churches almost by the alarming number of more and is praying through through our altars. God, do something with me as a preacher. Do something with the saints that we preach to until something happens in the spirit realm. It makes us aware that we're just not ordinary in this world. There's something different about us. If I were preaching to a lot of sinners tonight, I would not make this statement because it would be very confusing. But all of you have been in the church, I'm sure, for a number of years. So allow me to say this in preference to what I'm going to preach tonight. I believe in the necessity of the Holy Ghost. I believe that a man and woman has to be born of water and spirit in order to be saved. You must repent. You must be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. You must receive the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. Now hold on. But that's not all there is to it. That's what I want to talk about tonight. I want to read in the book of Hebrews, if you will stand in honor to the Word of God. 
Amen. I will endeavor to read in the twelfth chapter of Hebrews, Hebrews 12, 1 and 2, and then Hebrews the tenth chapter. Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Now stay with me because some of you are saying, Oh God, he's fixing a romp on everything from Dan to Beersheba. Just hold together. The second verse, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Now this is the part I really want to preach about. Who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. Hebrews the tenth chapter and the fourth verse. I really don't know whether I'll tie all these scriptures in or not. But listen closely and you will pick up what I'm trying to get over. And I really feel like the message God has given me tonight is far from being finished. Uh, I, I probably shouldn't preach it. But I, I feel something burning in my heart and I want to give you what God has given to me about this to this point. Fourth verse, for it is not possible... It is not possible that the blood of bulls and of goats should take away sins. Wherefore, when he cometh into the world, he saith, Sacrifice and an offering thou wouldest not, but a body hast thou prepared me. In burnt offerings and sacrifices for sin thou hast had no pleasure. Then said I, Lo, I come in the volume of the book, it is written of me, to do thy will, O God. One other passage, the book of John, the 17th chapter. And let's begin at the 16th verse. John 17 and 16. They are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. Sanctify them through thy truth, thy word is truth. As thou hast sent me into the world, even so have I also sent them into the world. And for their sake I sanctify myself, that they also might be sanctified through the truth. Neither pray I for these alone, but for them also which shall believe on me through their word, that they all may be one as thou, Father, art in me and I in thee, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that thou hast sent me. And the glory which thou gavest me I have given them that they may be one even as we are one. 
Hmm. It done something for one fella. I in them and thou in me that they may be made perfect in one and that the world may know and that the world may know and that the world may know that thou hast sent me and hast loved them as thou hast loved me. Father, I will that they also whom thou hast given me be with me where I am, that they may behold my glory which thou hast given me, for thou hast loved me before the foundation of the world. Dear God, I thank you for this time and this hour and this situation. We come to you, God, with hungry hearts, and our spirits are desiring a move of your presence. It is not what we want tonight, God, but it is whatever the will of the Spirit. For that is what we pray for right now. Every preacher, every saint, every one of us, God, let us be touched by the moving of the presence of the Holy Ghost. In the name of Jesus Christ, and everybody said, Amen. Look at your neighbor before you're seated and say, I am going to do my part. What about you? You may be seated. Amen. I do not even have a title for this message, and I've never been very good at giving message titles, as you have heard for the last couple of nights. I called my wife after church last night, and she was half asleep, and I told her my subject, and when I talked to her again today, friend, it was far different than what I said. So I'm not very good at subjects. But I want you to know tonight that with all the scriptures that I read, I want you to see what I'm trying to drive at. In the Hebrews, it talked about the fact that for God to have His divine will and His ultimate purpose, He could not have it in his original state. That even the heartbeat of God was so limited that God could not fulfill what he wanted because he was limited in his originality. It was impossible for God to have the best of both worlds in his original state. All the law, all the sacrifices could not offer God his ultimate desire. It could not happen because God was in the spirit form and there was no way to bring redemption to this world as long as he maintained how he was, like he was, in the beginning. Hang with me. Amen. Water is one. But water cannot be liquid and ice at the same time. It must be one or the other. It can be liquid. It can be ice. It can become vapor. It can be steam. But it cannot be all four of them at the same time. 
it must take on one form that it may be useful in whatever form that it is in. Glory. I think I know where I'm going. Hold on. Hallelujah. Even the desire of God made it impossible for God to bring the fulfillment of His heart's desire into its complete purpose until God was willing Himself to change from how He was into something that He may emerge into a form to bring redemptive salvation to this world. Hallelujah! It was impossible to have the best of both worlds in His original state. But I read to you in Hebrews when it said that bulls, goats, no offering, no law, no sacrifice could suffice the heartbeat of God. But in John, he is praying in the garden now. Now I'm jumping. You've got to follow me closely. Amen. Jesus is praying in the garden. And he begins to say, I am here completing and doing thy will. But something happened to bring the will of God into direct focus. And Paul wrote it this way. And without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifested in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen of angels, preached unto the Gentiles, believed on in the world, and received up into glory. The mystery that I'm trying to bring you to in a few moments is that this king, this God, this majesty, this ultimate high, great creator, everything who could not have his heart's desire with all of his glory, with all of his majesty, with all of the angelic beings, with power to speak worlds into existence, with authority to bring kingdoms to naught, could not redeem for himself man from sin of this world until he was willing to emerge himself with flesh and allow the spirit of the eternal God of glory to lower itself. And so lower itself, he took upon himself the image and the likeness of a man. He took his glory and he poured it into a body at Bethlehem. God had no body till then. God was only a spirit. And there was no way for the spirit to bring redemptive salvation to the world. But when he condescended, and I wish that when I say he, that I have the vocabulary and I have the time to pull back the scroll and show you he of whom I talk about. I wish I could declare his glory. I wish that somehow I could uphold his majesty. But when he, hallelujah, began to reach for the best of both worlds, he took the spirit. And Paul said, it is a mystery. It is beyond my comprehension 
I still don't know how it really happened. I just know that the Spirit so wanted and so desirous of something that it willed itself to be Lord, to wrap in human flesh, that it may bring forth the productive one to bring salvation to this world. Jesus became the expressed image of Almighty God. When you beheld Him, you beheld the pattern and the glory. You saw the showcase of God. You saw the beauty of the glory and the majesty of what could happen when the Spirit could so emerge itself into flesh. What was produced was the Son of God. Hallelujah! Now, His desire could be wrought. One writer said, and I'm not going to preach long tonight, I'm almost through, amen. Some of you had not got here yet. Angels desire to look into this. Angels desire to see what majesty it is that could happen to you. Angels are curious. Angelic beings line this building tonight. If our eyes could see, they stand here like a solemn army, wondering what it is. Mystery. What is the glory? What is the wonder about you and I? Now, we're not going to dwell on getting the Holy Ghost. We've already got it. We understand that. The angels have looked at us and said, I would trade places with any of you. I would lay aside the majesty of living in glory to come take your place. I'd walk to your job. I'll take all the cursing. I'll take all the abuse. I'll take all the hatred if I could have the one uniqueness that you have. For you as a human being have the uniqueness that the Spirit of Almighty God, He, hallelujah, He who is mighty, He who is great, He who is lovely, He who is everlasting, He who is mighty, He who is the everlasting Father, He who is the Prince of Peace, He who is El Shaddai, He who is the mighty, He who is the Creator, the Designer, the Author, the Finisher, the I Am that I Am, the Lion and Tribe of Judah, the Rose of Sharon, the Lily of the Valley, the Bright and Morning Star, He who is everything. Hallelujah! I think somebody sees what I'm fixing to say. Hey, I just didn't get a little tongue-talking experience. I just didn't get some kind of gibberish. Brother Nations, I received the privilege of having the Spirit. He emerged with this body of mine until the Spirit and the flesh becomes one. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Ooh, hallelujah. It's going to be a little more explosive than I thought. I apologize to all of you who, who said it was going to be dead. Amen.
don't think it's dawned on us. I'm afraid we Pentecostals have been too satisfied with one little ripple down our spine. We've been too satisfied with a little two-step. But that is not the ultimate. The ultimate is you have the right that angels don't even have because they can't be emerged with God. But God in flesh can be emerged into one in this world to do the will of Almighty God. For Jesus said it when He prayed in the garden. Hallelujah. He said, Father, even as Thou and me are one, so make them and you one. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. If it ever dawns on the church, if it ever dawns on us, what is trying to happen in us, and someday it's going to happen to somebody. Somewhere somebody's going to wake up. Somewhere somebody's going to have it to happen to them. They're going to live in the Spirit. They're going to walk in the Spirit until the body and the Spirit so emerges into one that they will be able to do the will of the Father in this world and in this present hour and this present generation. Hallelujah. Glory. Miracles and revivals are limited because of our mental concept of what lies in us. Too many of us are content to say, I have the Holy Ghost. But my question tonight is, have we been emerged with the Spirit? I'm going to say no. Not enough of us live in that dimension until where we are totally emerged day and night by the moving of the Spirit. But I'm not a doubter. I'm not a diehard. I believe that before He splits the clouds of glory, this generation will see men and women who find the will of the Father, who find the will of the Spirit, and in earthly vessels, God will display His glory, His majesty, His wonder, His glory in earthen vessels in this generation and this world. Hallelujah. Brother Nations, I want to thank you because two nights you have said, and when you have said what you said, it triggered and the Holy Ghost says, there's the sign you're looking for. Preach what I gave you. When you stood up here a while ago and said the day should come when we ought to have to rent the auditoriums in our city once a week, he wasn't just aimlessly talking, but I'm going to tell you, friend, if enough of us, I'm not there yet, but I said if enough of us would so allow the Spirit to emerge in our life, oh, it's not going over right now, amen. I'm getting it down to the fact of where it's got to happen. The world is waiting for it to happen. Hey, quit, 
Quit knocking. Uh, now, now y'all throw songbooks at me for sure. Quit knocking Billy Graham's crowd. Quit knocking 700 Club. Quit knocking PTL. Quit knocking all of those that are flocking by the millions to television. You know why? Because they haven't seen God alive anywhere else. Hold on before you get mad. I'm pointing the finger at myself and saying the reason they're looking out there is because they hadn't seen enough of Him emerge with the flesh in here for them to want to come in here. But the day's going to come. They've had their day. But somewhere we're going to have our day because there's a people that's going to rise, that's going to allow the holy presence of God to so emerge their life until they will be useful vessels of the Most High God. Hallelujah. Glory. The flesh alone cannot accomplish the will of God. For he prayed in Gethsemane that you and I would do the will of God as much as he did the will of the Father when he was in this world. Now hold on. We've got a number saved. And we do have a move of God. And we do have the truth. I'm not saying that we don't have it. I'm not saying that they have it out yonder. I'm just simply saying this. That every attribute of deity must be able to flow out of the body that is representative called the church of the living God on this earth. But as long as there was hatred and malice and envy and jealousy among us, as much when there is contention, when we are divided, when we are attacking one another, we haven't emerged with the Spirit. But when the Spirit and the flesh emerges enough, our bitterness will go against our brother. Our hatred will flow away. Our anger will flow away. Our problems will subside. And when the world sees Spirit and flesh emerge into one, they'll be the pathway to us. Our door, and we will do the will of the Father. Hallelujah. We will, we will, we will, we will, we will, we will, we will. Hallelujah. Well, I don't know. Some of you haven't done nothing. I've done it quiet and I've screamed it, and some of you hadn't moved either way. God is desiring to pour Himself into flesh in this present generation. Hallelujah. It dawned on me this afternoon. I've prayed for people like you have. I've poured enough oil on people's head to float a battleship almost. I've shook enough heads till enough bobby pins have fallen, but I've seen very few miracles. I've seen some, and every once in a while my flesh gets emerged with the Spirit enough that the will of the Father is able to flow through this old carnal body of mine, and the will of the Spirit is wrought. But my spirit is hungry. My flesh is hungry. My soul is hungry. Oh, 
Spirit of the Most High God. Come to me. Allow me and you to become one until when they look at me, they will not see my tabernacle, but they will see the glory of the Father on the inside doing the will of the eternal God of glory. And the world's waiting for it. Hallelujah. The Scripture says the time will come when they shall just lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Glory. Hallelujah. They shall lay hands, Brother Price, on the sick and they shall recover. There comes a time when spirit and flesh emerges so much into one. And I, oh, I hope I'm not misunderstood on my next statement. But Jesus Christ was so saturated with the Spirit, hallelujah, that the majesty of Creator, oh, hallelujah, the glory of He who spoke everything into existence was able to flow out of that fleshly body. Get it out of your mind that He wasn't flesh. He was flesh, just like you are flesh. But God proved to the world, if you give me a body, if you give me some flesh, and allow me to take my spirit and emerge it with that flesh, I'll do something that will revolutionize the world. And the world is waiting for a preacher, for a church, for a saint, for somebody to come from a prayer room, come from a life of dedication with God until they are emerged enough with the Spirit till they lay hands on the sick and they recover. Amen. Their shadow passes by and the cripple get up and the dead are raised and miracles are wrought. What would happen if this church if just we that are here tonight, and I'll make a statement here, and I need to make it further than the message, but I'll make it here. What I'm talking about is not a magic moment that is going to happen in one service, hearing one preacher, a 30-minute prayer meeting, or uh, or five laps around the building. Not anything wrong with any of that. But hold on. Jesus Christ was born and lived in this world for 33 and one half years. Give it all the explanation you want to give it, but the bottom line is still this. For 30 years, He didn't do anything. I don't accept that, and I'll tell you why I don't. Because the Bible said, when John the Baptist came forth preaching in the wilderness, there was nothing about him that made you want to see him or hear him. But it was the fact that the Bible said, he was filled with the Holy Ghost. Brother Watts, there was something different about him. 
Glory. When the something inside gets so powerful, what we look like on the outside will not turn them off. I'm talking about a holiness. I'll run it by you again. Don't let the idea that we've got to throw away all of these things that we've held on to so many years. We don't. We're hiding behind that facade. We're using it as a cheap excuse. I'm using it. You're using it. The whole bunch of us is using it. To say, we'd have more people in our church if we wasn't quite so hard on the standard. That's not the reason they're not there. That's not the reason they're not there. They're not there because I. They're not there because you haven't been emerged enough with the Spirit until the Spirit has taken preeminence over the flesh and men could see a living Christ in your church, in your pulpit, in mine, in my life, in your life, on your job, in your school, down your street. Hallelujah. Satan did everything that he could after Jesus was baptized. Because the Bible said, after he was baptized, the glory, hallelujah, came upon him. Oh, hallelujah. The Bible doesn't say, but I don't find too many encounters that the devil had with Jesus Christ until he was baptized, until the glory totally touched him, and he got ready to do the will of the Father. The devil stepped across his pathway. The devil was smart enough to have seen God in all of His glory. Oh, hallelujah. He had seen Him in all of His majesty. And when he saw the glory of God beginning to wrap itself in a human body, and he knew that there was the display of God in this present world, he offered Him everything he could. He said, hey boy, let's make a deal. He knew if he can make a deal with him there he had it in his grasp but when he was not able to make a deal with the devil hallelujah with the son of God oh hallelujah the glory of the father began to roll itself in the majesty of that flesh till when he walked down the street they called out Jesus thou son of David have mercy on me and the calling of his name the Speaking of His name, it brought the miracle and the glory. The Spirit had emerged itself in flesh. I hope y'all are not bored. Few of you not anyway. Peter and John went to the temple to pray, as was the custom.
The lame man had been there when they had prayed before. But this day, Peter and John said something different that they hadn't said before as far as we have record. Forget about the silver and gold bit. There's another point I want you to see. When Simon said, look on us. And when that man looked up, he saw alive again on the earth what he had been told had been crucified, put in a grave, and ascended back on high. But when he looked up, what he saw brought it back into his mind. He saw flesh emerged enough with the Spirit until he was able to believe that Jesus, in the form of the Almighty God visible in this world, was still walking the shores of Galilee. And when Peter said, Look on us, he looked up. He didn't see the flesh that he had been seeing a few days ago. He saw the Spirit that had emerged with the flesh enough till it became the showcase of God. And he said, look on us. And when he did, he reached down and got him with a hand in the mind of the lame man. It was the same thing as Jesus Christ walking the shores again. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Glory. Hell will tremble again. Not by our songs. Not by my preaching. Not by your preaching. Not by our shouting. Not by our running the aisles. Hell will tremble again when she looks and sees in the form of humanity the God of glory still walking the face of this earth. Not in one, but in multiplied millions. For when hell sees the Spirit and the flesh emerged into one, then get ready, friend. This wall is fixing to have revival like it's never had before. Amen. And that's what it's waiting for. But you see, we don't see enough and produce enough that the world believes us. Shake your head one way or the other. It's either yes or no you believe what I just said. The world don't believe us. Oh God, but if somehow something could happen to enough of us. Well, Brother Spears, give me the three easy steps. That's what I'm waiting for, man. Or if you'll jot them down. I mean, if you'll say them. I got my pen and pencil. And I, 
if I go on a 30-day fast, if I pray five hours every day, hallelujah, bless God, forget it. Oh man, if I make some kind of far-out sacrifice, what I'm talking about, friend, is a daily living and a daily changing and a daily dying until the will of the Father begins to take over in our life. Thirty years old, then the world beat a pathway to see Him. But when he was 18 and 19 and 20 years old, there is no record. But when he became 30, and the will of the Father... I hope I can talk this way to you, Pentecost. I hope y'all are not so mixed up you'd get confused on the oneness of God. But Brother Price, when he, the Spirit, was so satisfied, and the Bible said the flesh yielded itself, glory and total yielding, the flesh of Jesus Christ was the first flesh that ever totally yielded itself in total submission unto the will of Almighty God. And when it did, oh hallelujah, you know the story, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. But that's not all. Before he left here, he prayed, Father, it's got to happen again. It's got to happen again. And in 1987, I'm saying, God, it's got to happen again. It's got to happen in 1988. What has got to happen? My generation has got to see God alive in this world one more time. Not in the name of religion. Not in the name of men seeking status quo. Not of men seeking after some position or some high uh, hierarchy of men worshiping them. But the crowds have followed the gurus. The millions have followed PTL. Billy Graham has had his crowd. But don't fault him. Don't fault any of them. Fault we who have the presence of God that I have had enough of God in me working enough years until there should have been enough of the glory in me. That there should have been more happened in my life than what there has happened. I'm about through. I hope you didn't get through while ago. Because I think the Holy Ghost is trying to drive it home in the last few minutes.
question is, are you going to rearrange your priorities? That the Spirit can begin to have more preeminence over the flesh? Come on, saints. What's your attitude going to be when you get to the house of God night after night and God tries to move? Or are you going to act your same dead, lifeless, cold, informal, indifferent way with bitterness and anger against some saint of God across the house of God? getting a little quiet. Sit there with enough bitterness in your heart against that man of God that's standing in that pulpit. That's why the world hasn't seen God in us. They've seen more flesh than they have spirit in us. But oh, somewhere there's another Azusa crowd waiting to be born in California. Somewhere there's a crew somewhere, hallelujah, that'll have a prayer meeting that they'll come from all over the world just to see the prayer meeting. Don't tell me I'm talking about just Bible days. I've brought it down to your state now. This is not even Texas I'm talking about. It happened a hundred miles from where we are right here tonight. A group of people got so emerged with the Spirit until man, so they told me, just would stick his head in an old apple cart or orange crate or something and look out the side and they would come through the door. They were slain when they walked through the door. They talked in tongues when they walked up on the ground. Why? Because somebody, somewhere, had so yielded the flesh till the Spirit was able to take over enough that men could see the glory of God in operation one more time. And oh God, one more time, visit us with the move of the Spirit. The process that we so desperately need, all of us already know. And while the world stampedes everywhere else. They're not stampeding to us. While the world stampedes everywhere else, we said here, with the power to make it happen. And it's been living in some of us for a long, long time. And the neighbor across the street don't even know we have the Holy Ghost.
I know it's been different. But if I could stir one person. If I couldn't stir anybody but myself. But boy, it would be great if somewhere in the ranks of the United Pentecostal Church it started happening in a church somewhere. Hallelujah. Let me say that again. Boy, it would be great if somewhere in the ranks of the United Pentecostal Church, a church somewhere, hallelujah, start having a few crippled healed, one or two dead people raised. Oh, you're daydreaming, Brother Spears. But if it ever happens, Brother Nation, that's what I feel these auditoriums up. Hallelujah. I'm going to tell you what. Let it happen to some church out here. I don't care how large or how small it is. Let it happen somewhere that don't have 30 or 40 in Sunday school. Let miracles and glory and power start happening. Hallelujah. On a regular basis. You know what will happen? I'll pick up some of those skeptics in my city. I want, I want to tell somebody. I want to be able to tell some of them it's still happening. Come on, get on a plane, fly with me. We'll go out there and see it for ourselves. Oh, preacher, you're, you're, you're crazy. Well, then you'd have been one of those crowds that would have sat while Azusa Street happened and would have never gone to see it. But let it happen in a Jesus name church somewhere where the truth of God is preached. I want to be a part of it. I want to share in the glory of it. I want to be a part of it. I want to see it in my life. I want to see it in your church. I want to see it in my church. I want to see it in my organization. I want to see it where they know who we are. I want to see it where it happens. Where we can't have general conference for miracles happening. Where we can't have a Sunday school convention without the cripple walking and the blind seeing. Let it happen and we wouldn't have to worry about television, radio, newspaper. The crowd would come to see the miracle, the sign, the wonder. If the flesh can ever get emerged with the Spirit, it's going to happen in our day and in our hour. It is available. Christ has proven that it can happen. Give me about five minutes. And I will be through. Somewhere, one of these days, somebody, or a bunch of somebodies, are going to grow tired and weary of the routine of having this much power inside. 
and it not coming to its full potential. Dream on, preacher. Then let me dream. I've seen them, I've seen them in foreign countries when they've come by the hundreds and thousands. I've seen them when you tried to pray for them until they fought to take your hand off of one person's head to put it on theirs simply because they believed so strong. Our greatest doubt is not in the person that's in the world. Our greatest unbelief is in the church. Our greatest unbelief is not the people out yonder. It's the crowd I'm looking to along with my church and others. Here's where our unbelief is. Get mad if you want to. Don't ever invite me back. And you'll have every right to. But I just want to tell you, friend, until we get disgusted and tired, of living with a dynamo inside of us that is the God of glory. I don't believe in three kinds of Holy Ghost. I believe the Holy Ghost is the glory and power of the Most High God. Therefore, the Holy Ghost that I have inside of me is the glory of the Father. If it is the glory of the Father in me, then why? Then why isn't there more happen with me? Oh, it will sound like I'm bragging, so let me just use somebody else for an example. But one of these days, Brother Price, in his continuing to reach after God, in his continuing walking with God, hallelujah, can be so emerged with the Spirit until across this platform and across the state of California, a gray-headed man will walk and shake a district and shake a church and shake a state and shake a world simply because he's been totally emerged the flesh and the spirit. I settled the fact when I first started I wasn't talking about receiving the Holy Ghost and I hope you're not hung up on that point. I'm talking about doing something with this gift inside of us. Anybody hungry for something to happen in your church? In your city? Most places a few blocks away from the church that I pastor they don't even know that we're there. Maybe everybody in your city knows you're there. 
But sometimes a few blocks away in my city, they don't even know that we're there. I'm not being critical, but we have come and gone from Bakersfield this week. And this is my third convention to personally preach in this auditorium. 1987, 1977, and then 1974. Or 77, pardon me. 1977, and there, the second one here, pardon me. 77 and 87. And yet, you've been having them here sometimes two and three a year for years. Sometimes we go to a city with a general conference and drop untold millions of dollars. And they don't know that we've even been there outside if they see some of our lady folks. But won't it be great? Won't it be wonderful? When the time happens, when enough of us are so saturated with the Spirit, hallelujah, until when we have whatever we're going to have from Wednesday night to general conference, hallelujah, there will be a shaking because somebody will know that God is alive and present in that city at that time. Would you just bow your head and pray for a moment? Hallelujah. I'm through, but I want us to pray for a moment before we leave. I don't expect it to happen tonight. It's not a one-night deal. But somewhere I hope I create a desire in somebody's heart until from your early waking every morning until you're going to sleep at night there's something crying in you. Change me, God. Live in me so powerful until my mind becomes your mind. My flesh becomes your showcase until my spirit becomes yielded unto your will. There's a cripple that's waiting for you. There's a broken heart that's waiting for a physician. There's a bunch of lonely, mixed, confused people that's waiting for a healing in our church. And then add to that the staggering number of a world that's seeking everything from Gene Dixon to Evagaru in India trying to say, show me the light. And here we sit with the light 
in us. And they're climbing mountains in India and following men who don't even know who God is. But I speak to a congregation that don't only know His name, not only have been baptized in His name, but been filled with His Spirit. And now God's saying, Allow me, allow me. I didn't get to the Holy Ghost just spoke it the part that I had to say was simply this God is not asking you to make a revival happen he's just saying give me some vessels to operate in give me some vessels to operate he is not asking you and I to make it happen he's just saying if I can find somebody who will let my light shine through them if I can find a bush I'll burn if I can find a body, I'll work the miracle. If I can just find somebody, don't make it happen. Let it happen. Hallelujah. Let it happen. Even in the closing of this service tonight, let the Spirit, let the Spirit, don't make it, just yield to it. Just relax in it. Let the Spirit do its work. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh. I feel the Holy Ghost moving through this morning. Revival's going to come to somebody. Some church is going to have what I preached about. You're not going to have it by some miracle. You're going to have it by continuing to yield and letting the Spirit operate in you and through you. It's going to happen.
It's not necessarily a trip to the front, but if some of you want to come to the front. It's not necessarily standing up, but if some of you want to stand up. It's not necessarily raising your hand, sitting down where you are, but if you want to raise your hand, but if you want to sit there and not even do any of that, but just say, oh God, somehow allow my will to die. Allow my flesh to yield to you. I want it, Spirit. I want it, Spirit. I want it, 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 I want it.